Hey, Sam. Hello, Simon. I just... Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It's only been like 100 years since we've done this. It's amazing. Only 100. I, uh... Only 100. I had to remember to hit the record button over there. This isn't like <laughs> the other discussions I have on the internet that I don't need to record. Oh, no. So, um, just just so you know, um, I sound like a transvestite at the moment, as I'm sure you can tell, because uh, I have a head cold. But that's fine. We should still talk on the internet. Is that what transvestites sound like? It's what very sexy transvestites sound like, I think. They sound like they've got a cold. <laughs> and that they can't say the letter M. Oh, okay. Now I know. It's this whole thing. I know how to identify <laughs> them now. Know how to look out for them. In the streets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How you doing, Sam? <laughs> Dude, so amazing. So amazingly well. Um, I have been wow. wandering the country for the month, uh, trying to act my age, which is, which is a very good thing. Why the fuck um, would you do that? No, I, no, in the in the other way to what people normally mean. Oh, you I normally mean actually act younger. like a sixty-year-old? Well, yes, true. and right now I'm actually acting like a twenty-seven-year-old, which is really great. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so much excitement. How are you're, you? You're the youngest person I know that I didn't spawn, Sam. <laughs> except for the friends of the people that you spawned. Yeah, except for them. Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, you know, carrying on, carrying on, fighting the good fight. Uh, or as they say in That's Afrikaans, cool. it doesn't really, help really to complain. I really loved um, speaking of complaining. Your your kind of ranty blog post today. I really really loved it. Was it oh, cathartic? The, um, that was I complaining. The fuck you. Oh, yeah, it was kind of. Well, it was ranty, but posit mm -hmm. positive ranty. But I mean, that was the point of it. It was like you know, get angry about something. Yeah, I guess it was kind of uh, that that way inclined. Uh, I don't sure I meant it to be. But, you know, sometimes you write things and you just have to put them on the internet and let the chips fall where they may. Totally. Ranty and that's, inspirational. That's what my <laughs> teachers taught me. They said, if you love something, set it free uh, and people will tell you whether or not it's ranty. Oh, well, there we go. Did, did, um, did you manage to offend anyone with it? I didn't think it was particularly offensive. Uh, Sam, I don't have to try very hard to offend people. I found uh, through experience that um, just, you know, getting up, getting dressed and moving into the world... <laughs> gonna piss off somebody someone. will be quite upset about me having done that and um, <laughs> and it's interesting because when you first ups start upsetting people in your life in the world um and on the internet you uh you, you know you worry about it you're like oh man somebody's upset with me uh but you very soon mm. realize um that they're just you know full of shit and you shouldn't worry about them but then the logical next uh thing is that the people who are falling all over themselves about how amazing you are are equally full of shit. So yeah. I used to I used to um, work with people who talk into microphones um, and, and whose voices are then transmitted with through invisible waves um, in the air uh, and then make their way into your car and your house. Um, but Space they, age. you know, they would always worry about people saying good and bad things about them. And I'd say, well, look, you know, mm. you kind of need to realize that they're both full of shit. Um, you, what you need to try and understand is what's happening with the people who aren't crazy enough to call in and tell you what they think or to put a message somewhere. Yeah. Um, because they're the people who yeah. matter. The people you're going to hear from about this stuff, uh, they tend to be on the fringes. Does that make that doesn't make, it makes sense? Mm. Kind of. Hey. It kind of does make sense. I, I often wonder how um, distorted my view of the world is um, by the fact that so many of the people that I know work in advertising or the media in some way. 
Um, and that's just it's such a weird thing, right? Because those are people whose living is made by, you know, being known by complete strangers. And that's a very strange construct and does really weird things to one's identity, I think. Yeah. Um, and isn't true for most people. Although increasingly, I think everyone is, you know, now on the I'm a personal brand fucking bandwagon um, and behaving like that, which is ridiculous. It is kind of ridiculous. You know, gone are the days yeah. of the faceless masses. Um, <laughs> the glorious corporations <laughs> that mattered and the uh, invisible human beings contained within who uh, were just there to make the big machine work. I think that still happens in Asia. Something. Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe in other places. <laughs> I listened to a really great, um, or didn't listen to, I found a really great um, interview the other day by the, the editorial team that does the Slate Gabfest, oh, yeah? um, or the various Slate Gabfest, which was a really great podcast. Um, and he was talking about how the, um, the model, the new model is working for them where uh, people become, uh, get a premium subscription or whatever it is to the podcast um, and how that's moving, working for them, that moving away from advertising thing. Um, and they, they, it's just this lovely thing where he talks about how it's not just that someone is paying them, it's that someone is you know, giving people their money as a show of meaning. Like, mm -hmm. you know, your show has meaning to me. It has personal meaning in my life. I want it to exist. I want to help you guys. Um, and how that forms this lovely community of people, which is, which is really beautiful. Well, that's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice for them. Um, they're, they're slate. They're big. They can do that. Yeah. It's advertising is at an, an interesting place. I think, um, I have nothing more to say about this. Do you think people <laughs> would ever pay us for No, that's just crazy. No, no. I do want to ask more about this blog post. This blog post. The so I mean, if anyone was listening to this on the internet no. and hadn't read that blog post, um, it's it's basically like a rant against doing things that aren't meaningful, right? And as a way of sublimating our terror about the fact that the universe is going to end. Something like that. Is that, is that, a, is that, a, yeah, that's well, a succinct Well, you have summary. to be careful so what, about. What exactly mm -hmm. triggered this? Nothing. I had the thought yesterday and then I wrote something. Mm. I'm not sure what sparked mm. it, Sam. Sometimes you write and mm. then the idea comes. In fact, most, most mm. of the time when you write something worthwhile, the writing came and then the idea followed. It's a strange thing with creative work because we always put the horse ahead of the cart. <laughs> I mean, the cart ahead of the horse. Um, we, we always assume that you have an idea for something and then you turn it into something amazing. And I'm sure that that happens too. Yeah. I'm just not the kind of person who's ever successfully made that happen. Usually I find, and it's kind of it's obtuse and unintuitive and so it's difficult to get your head around. But sometimes mm. you have to go through the motions of creating something and then the idea mm. follows. Um, you know, and I know some people have written books and I, I think, uh, I don't know him, but I think Stephen King put it best in his book on writing where he said, for him, writing a story is like unearthing a fossil. It's there in the ground. He doesn't know yeah. what it looks like, but he knows how to dig it out. And mm. And so, you know, I think a lot of people will think, that Stephen Stephen King right plans his books in the same way that mm -hmm. we were told to do so in um, you know in, in university writing courses uh, given by people who'd never mm. written a thing in their lives, which is sit down and draw a skeleton of your story and then start filling in the blanks and blah blah blah. Uh, when really yeah. that's not how any. Uh, fiction writers who I've heard talking about their craft address it. I'm sure some of them can, yeah, exactly. and, like more mm. power to them. 
but the Stephen Kings yeah. of the world sit down and start writing, and then the ideas come. So mm. why did I write a uh, blog yeah. post about fuck everyone? I don't know. I kind of <laughs> opened Medium and started writing, and that's what came out. Uh, it's really good. I really love what you're saying. And it talks to the kind of return of craft. And I, I feel like particularly at this moment of the economy where so many people walk around thinking that their job is to have ideas. I mean, which is bananas. Like everyone has ideas. Ideas, ideas are meaningless. Ideas are awful. Um, and, and, and I think what people are trying to rediscover is, is how to actually make things because that's where really interesting things happen. Yeah. You know? And whether it's like entrepreneur wannabes walking around with the next great idea for the next great big app yeah. thing, you know, um, or advertising people or people who are talking about the novel they're going to write one day. Ideas are really boring. People who talk about the ideas that they have are the most boring mm-hmm. people. People who are walking around showing you things, they're, they're really interesting. Um, I think there was also, I think it was Picasso who, who said, um, when a bunch of critics, art critics, uh, stand around and talk to each other about art, they, they tend to be asked questions about what the work meant or what it was trying to communicate. And when artists stand around and they talk to each other, they mostly talk about paint mixing techniques. Yeah. <laughs> and I really love that as an idea. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, art, art yeah. makes a proposition, right? Um, but mm. it's not up to the artist to, to, to kind of distill that for you. Like art, art mm. treats you like an adult. I made a painting. You fucking decide what it means. I, I don't care. You know, <laughs> Where, the whereas thing. the interesting is, thing yeah. about creative work in the corporate world is that it doesn't make a proposition. It tries to reach a lowest common denominator so that it's kind of obvious what it mm. means and everybody will like it. Um, but I, I like the fact that yeah. we're moving into a world where maybe that's not how things work anymore. Um, I don't mm. know what the fuck that means. But um, I had a stand-up argument the, the other night with my good friend Jono, who has some of the best ideas mm. in the world and does something with them. So he's the author of uh, Salmon Wrestling in the Yemen, which is my new favorite web mm. cartoon. Um, and uh, we were having a stand-up idea about the value of ideas because I, I tend to go with the Derek Sivers idea. Derek Sivers, of course, was the founder of CD Baby, and after two years, he sold it for like $20 million or something. I can't remember the amounts. But mm. he, had this, he has this thing in his book, uh, Anything You Want, which is a great short read uh, about starting businesses. Uh, and he, he basically he says execution is, is an amplifier for ideas. So he gives ideas mm-hmm. a weighting. He has like a scale for ideas. Like a terrible idea is worth minus one. A bad idea is mm-hmm. worth one. Up to excellent ideas, which are worth 20. And then on the right-hand mm-hmm. side, he's got the execution. So poor execution is worth $1. Brilliant execution is worth $10 million. And then you multiply the mm-hmm. left co- column by the right column. So a truly terrible mm-hmm. idea is going to lose you up to $10 million. <laughs> but a bad idea <laughs> with brilliant execution could be worth $10 million. And excellent idea with excellent execution is worth 200 million dollars now the numbers are irrelevant but i like the idea because as you said we all have ideas they're like assholes i'm not interested in assholes Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can take that idea and turn it into something amazing now we're talking um i'm not sure Mm -hmm. why john and i had a stand-up fight about it the other night uh i i think he thought i was negating uh, the validity of coming up with ideas or maybe uh, we just had right. too much wine I, I and spent too much time playing zombie dice because that happens too. Maybe, maybe arguing is fun sometimes and it's fun and oh, then you do yes. it because of that reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you say that that was a webcomic, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen? Absolutely. It's on Tumblr. Really? Yeah. Amazing. Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. Like the same – spelt the same way as the book and all of that. What book? 
There's a book called Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. Oh, Jesus. I didn't know that. I just knew that. Uh, <laughs> I'm so confused. Salmon wrestling. Sorry. Not salmon fishing. My brain. It's salmon wrestling. Ah, in the end. there we go. Because as as you say these things, I do I do look them up on the on the big brain in the sky, mm. um, and I couldn't find. Ah, oh, there we go. There it is. Salmon Jumbo. wrestling in the ah, Yemen. Ah, I found the thing. It's uh, there we go. It's very that good. sounds like fun. John is a smart guy. Oh, that's great. One day he'll be famous. Oh, cool. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And even if he isn't, he's still making cool things and some people are reading them and some people get joy from them and that can be lovely. Absolutely. And he, he draws these all on his iPad <laughs> using paper, which is kind of impressive. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, they're very beautiful. I once made a circle on paper and that's about as good as it got. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty complicated. Absolutely. <sighs> So, Amazing. ideas and execution. I just saw a picture of Macaulay mm-hmm. Culkin wearing a T-shirt with a picture of Ryan Gosling on it who's wearing a T-shirt with a picture of Macaulay Culkin on it. <laughs> that's a great idea. That's, that's um, what I just saw on what, the internet. What would you call that? Milkception. It's so great. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I mean, this is the thing about this beautiful internet thing, right, is that the same the same tools that give you things like, like paper that let you, you know, draw amazing, beautiful things, even if you yourself can't really, um, and give you, I don't know, opportunities to connect with people around the world, also provide you with endless hours of BuzzFeed quizzes um, that kind of distract you from doing all the other things you should be doing. As we've established before, <laughs> so Sam, hard. history will not smile kindly upon this era. No, it really won't. I I was having a chat with a friend of mine the other day about, you know, in some ways it feels like this is a new sort of comparable to the Renaissance period, right? And I know that this is obviously a comparison many, 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 many people have had, but with the same kind of upending of traditional values and explosion of uh, technology and whatever, you know, and I think it's good to compare yourself to history because it reminds, reminds you that this isn't the first and only time we've gone through a period like this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, that picture is amazing. Sorry, I've just looked at it. Um, Who, Macaulay and Culkin other, wearing a t-shirt like, with a picture of Ryan Gosling yeah, wearing wonderful. a t-shirt that has a picture it's of Macaulay Culkin. He's pretty amazing. Also, when did Macaulay Culkin get so cool? When did that happen? I don't know. Anyway. What was that uh, movie he did like 10 years ago? Pot- Saved. Party Monster. Do you see Party oh, Monster? No, I don't he know. played like um, this androgynous uh, party animal who took a lot of drugs. It was wild. Good. Yeah, I, I I do kind of love him. Anyway, I was saying, <laughs> and sometimes I feel like people are going to look on this period like the Dark Ages, where humanity just kind of retreated internally into themselves and you know didn't really produce much of value overall. I think it's one of the two, you know. In which case, it's entirely unlike the Renaissance. In which case, it's entirely unlike the Renaissance. The Renaissance generated a lot of beautiful things. There were a lot of them, but they were worth something. I don't think you can quite uh, compare that to uh, BuzzFeed. But hey, who knows? Who knows how low the standards will be in the future? Yeah, exactly. Maybe it'll all get so much worse. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) To the degree that a list of the top 10 cat pictures is real art. And people go, Mm. oh, well, they're just – they don't make them like they used to. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Although, so, you know, the one thing about um, evolution and, and how things change is I think that often in, in life it's a quantity game, not a quality game. So if you throw up enough randomness, 
you're going to generate more wonderfulness within that. It's the, the monkeys on the typewriter writing Hamlet. And I think that the internet is the best possible example of a million monkeys. Well, it is quite literally a million mm-hmm. monkeys sitting and typing on Two typewriters billion for monkeys their entire and counting. Life. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, so there is that. Well, I just think that when you've got a canvas of shit, anything good uh, against it looks that much better. It's not necessarily <laughs> that, you know, the stuff is that good. It's just that everything else is so shit that this looks amazing. I mean, if you if you have something on YouTube with any form of production value, it immediately looks incredible yeah. because everything else on YouTube is like people playing Minecraft and college students kicking each other in the genitals. <laughs> and, you know, Which it doesn't – you don't have to try very hard to stand yeah. out against the noise in that scenario. Or maybe you do. No, but hang on. I also – I also don't think that um, a, a visual medium is how we're going to be remembered. Like, I don't think, you know, in the visual arts, we're doing much that's very exciting at the moment. But I, th- I think that what future generations are going to look back on and say, holy crap, that was amazing, um, is going to be things that we don't see as art right now. Like Minecraft itself. I think Minecraft itself might one day be pulled out as this glorious social experiment thing that people did, and it was amazing. There's no know? doubt in my mind um, that Minecraft is art, man. Dude, it's wonderful. And and just the, the, the principle of Minecraft. Yeah, like I think games and I don't know, it's the traditional artistic mediums that people look at, I, I don't think are having their, their, their golden time. Absolutely. So what does this mean for people doing stuff in the world, Sam? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just know that when, you, and you were also doing this, when I was running around in the desert at Africa Burn a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and I was looking at people just building random shit in the desert that was fun and beautiful, that, that there was something just incredibly human and lovely about all of that. And then they um, took drugs and, and set it and, all on fire. <laughs> you know, that's, that's okay too. Um, my favorite thing, I don't know if you saw this thing um, in the desert. It was a phone booth yep. um, in the middle of nowhere. And it said phone God. And if you picked up the phone, it, but what was so great when I, when I walked past and I picked up the phone and I decided, yeah, you know, cool. I'll, I'll totally go have a conversation with God. Um, so there's a line that goes to another phone somewhere. And the people who were sitting on the other end of the phone were, was this group of five-year-old children. And it was the most perfect conversation because <laughs> I was like, hey, God. And they were like, hi. And I was like, God. Where the hell have you been? And they were like, oh, you know, we were hanging out in the sky. That's literally what they said. It was the cutest conversation. It nearly made me feel mm-hmm. religious, nearly. It was just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So um, maybe what we're saying is just do stuff. Stop, stop wondering stuff why and stop wondering what it means yeah. and stop wondering where it'll end up <laughs> and who'll see it. Just worry about yeah. doing it. If you feel like doing it, well, f- fuck, that's a great reason for doing it. Totally. And if you don't have an idea, and that's fine. That, if you want to write something, write something. Yeah, it'll it'll, it'll turn exactly. into something as you write it. And if it doesn't, then that's fine. Then stop and write something else. I think the big, the big thing for me, though, is over the last couple of weeks has been that realization that the – the structures in which people go searching for this this meaningfulness like you know the institution that is art and the institution that is the media and all of those institutions that's not where the fun shit is happening you know it's the fun shit is happening with people making random web comics and paper on the ipad you uh-huh. know um on right on the fringes so i think that's encouragement to to not try and do the the serious meaning meaningful things just kind of do what's fun absolutely i just ate an iron supplement well done do you feel more powerful uh wait no 
<laughs> Are you going to pop uh, rippling muscles like Popeye any second? Now? I don't think that's how it works, Sam. Apparently, I read something. I don't know whether this is true. This might be a Samism. I might want to check my facts. But apparently, that whole uh, Popeye eating the spinach thing uh, comes from some guy who literally misread the iron content in spinach mm-hmm. um, and and kind of thought it was much higher than it actually was. Many, many, many things are more filled with iron than spinach. In fact, this is good to know, Sam. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why if- I ate an iron supplement. I'm not sure I need them. And in fact, I think if you have too much iron, you die. I'm pretty sure I, I learned that from an insert to something somewhere. But um, sounds legit. But you know, can never have. Well, you can have too much iron. Uh, you probably can. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Ah, <laughs> uh, vitamins. Mm-hmm. Vitamins. What a crap. So has has there been some awesome stuff that you found that you want to tell me about? Ah, oh, you know what? There almost certainly has. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found, you know, I mentioned the kind of Slate podcast. I've been I've been reading a lot about the radio industry recently, partly because um, we've been doing a lot of work for the Radio Advertising Bureau, and partly because it's something that I personally find really, really interesting, and it's a, a medium that I've been thinking about. Um, and I found this really great blog thing called How Sound, mm-hmm. uh, which I've been enjoying, which is. Um, I think the tagline is the backstory to great radio storytelling. And it's a lot of sort of behind the scenes uh, stuff about how really great radio shows are made. Um, and one of my favorite posts recently was um, this post about the structure of great radio shows. And they take they take some, some of the radio shows that, you know, even people around the world would have heard, like This American Life, and uh, they take Radio Lab, and they basically analyze um, how each of them differ in structure like what are the typical beats of each of those shows um, how do they do they normally end high and low where are the big sort of twists and disruptions typically it's really really fun um, just kind of meta thinking about how radio works so that's if awesome that's of, yeah definitely of interest to you and if anyone who finds this conversation finds these topics interesting then howsound.org really fun great content rad we'll put a link in mm-hmm. our uh, notes when Sam and I have these conversations on the internet, um, we make Once notes. Once a year. <laughs> and we put them on the internet uh-huh. too. And you can find them uh, on our website at uh, seed, like the thing you stick in the ground to get a tree, uh, .tv mm-hmm. forward slash tbtd uh, forward slash, I don't know what episode this is, but let's pretend it's 32 because I think it might be. Cool. Just go to seed.tv, if- clicks around, you'll find it. Check it you'll out. You'll find some other stuff <laughs> too. If- it's like a lucky packet of sound. <laughs> what have you discovered that is interesting? What the picture of Macaulay Culkin wasn't enough. True, dude, that wins. It wins. It wins the internet. You win the internet. You don't need anything okay. else. Okay. Well, let me let me give another shout out to my friend Jono and his salmon wrestling, wrestling in the uh, Yemen. Yeah. Because uh, it's pretty great. Salmonwrestling.tumblr.com is where you'll find that particular piece of awesomeness. Um, I don't feel like I'm actually looking mm-hmm. at it right now. They're they're very New Yorkery cartoons. They're really great. Like they're quite profound, but but sort of cute as well. Sweet. Yeah. Anyway, there's something. Yeah. Um, what was the dude's uh, the Larson? Gary, Gary Larson. Larson. It's a yeah, similar a kind of uh, you know single pain saying something funny. Uh, sometimes <laughs> with animals. I uh, yeah. yeah, you know, check it out. <laughs> I like it. Mm. Uh, I can't think of anything else that's totally uh, blown me away this week. 
uh, Sam. Mm. It's be it hasn't been one of those weeks. <laughs> oh, sweet. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a week filled with other things. So um, I'm just going to stick with that particular uh, web comic. That little slice of awesomeness on one. the internet. It's a very good one. Oh, I have another uh-huh. one, which you probably have seen because uh, it's been going around the internet. So um, have you seen this thing, this guy who analyzed the vocabularies of various hip-hop artists? Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Just go and search for the largest vocabulary in hip-hop and you will find it. It is the most wonderful story. Um, so it's, I've, I'm sure I've, I've, I've ranted before yeah. about how much I totally adore this company called Undercurrent in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, like a, they're like a management consultancy, but it's a really cool one. Um, I can't really even describe what they do. They, their whole mission, they describe themselves as being people who want to try to help old legacy companies work more like the people that are disrupting them, uh, which is a really, really great sort of proposition. And they create really great content on the internet. And this was a thing done by one of their data scientists where he just pumped loads and loads of hip hop lyrics into this machine and then graphed out, you know, the, how diverse and uh, the different vocabularies are of all the hip hop artists. It's wonderful. It makes the little structural nerd and data scientist my brain very happy it's very cool that's awesome and i think the organization you're referring to is undercurrent yes isn't that what i said uh probably and then i uh didn't hear you you just weren't listening (laughs) they do amazing work (laughs) yeah undercurrent are the shit i once wanted to make a company that did something similar and i didn't so it doesn't matter it was just an idea that nobody executed on sam or executed on badly so well someone did but not you <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, totally. so much for my idea. <sighs> ideas, Sam. Anyway, the world is awash <laughs> with them. Ideas, ideas are lame. I think, I think that that's the moral of the story. No one cares about your stupid fucking ideas. No one cares. Mm-hmm. So, when are we going to talk on the internet again? <laughs> Soon, I hope. Please, um, we just need to get a rhythm going again. I know it's it's been entirely my fault. Um, I've been rhythmless, um, like a white person. Um, but I will I am I will be committed to the rhythm, committed to the beat. Yeah, or not? We could just you know do it when we do it. But you're going overseas soon. I am. You're yes. going to the United States of America. The US of A. I'm so excited. But I, I heard that they have internet there as well. I, I don't know whether this is true, but um, the, the well, rumors say that know, there is internet there. It's a hotly disputed uh, thing because because <laughs> some people want to create fast lanes on that internet. Oh, my God. Um, don't get me started. It makes me want to cry. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about net neutrality. But, yes, they, they have the semblance of an internet uh, in America. And, um, <laughs> and then you're going to London, England. London, England, yes. It's all terribly exciting. And I think that they have internet there too. So, you know. Pretty sure they do. I might even have my voice back by the next time we talk, which will be a good thing. (laughs) Your voice sounds amazing. What? You're talking about. I sound like a drag queen in my ears. Maybe it's kind of being converted well through the the microphone. It's all all husky and… Husky. um, Yeah, not that kind of husky. Uh, easy <laughs> I really now. shouldn't try to growl at the best of times. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. It works. It's a good fit. Mm, thanks. Okay. Um, well, you stay in touch. Okay. You stay pretty. You stay beautiful. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll try, man. I'll get out the trimmer. Okay. All right, Samantha. Uh, all right, Simon Dingle. Uh, Arrivederci. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you.